What this week awoken me in business is that it's become too important for me to compete. Now, for me, the only competition is in the product. Do you do good work? You know what I mean? Like, that's the competition. Trying to do good work, going out there and, you know, going to the audition, getting on stage as a stand-up comic, putting together a podcast. That's the competition. But there's other... There's another vein of competition which is marketing. And that's a different focus. Because when you're focusing on the competition of production, you're focusing on the competition of good work, craftsmanship, due diligence, skill. You're focusing on the competition of craft. Also needed, also needed in a career is marketing. And when you're focusing on the competition of marketing, you're focusing on the competition of public opinion. Selling a product. What do the people want? Well, the people always want good production, good value. But they don't know all the time where to find that good production, good value. That's why you have to market it, sell it to them. And in that competition of market, doing all these jazz hands, in that competition of market, it's not really about, generally, it's not about the craft. It's about, well, what do the numbers say? Studies show that, you know, males 18 to 35 tend to gravitate more to this type of um, marketing approach versus the demographic 35 to 65. And, you know, females in the household who have a discretionary income of pie charts and fucking, fucking, all sorts of fucking hoop-de-doo and hoopla in order to sell a fucking... Whatever, which is essential in showbiz. But the problem with always focusing on marketing is it's fleeting. It's, um, it's, you know, mamby-pamby. Who fucking knows what people want? Who fucking knows? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent August 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hope you guys have been getting some good sleeps as of late. I haven't. I'm waking up on the wrong side of the bed, boy. I'm telling you. Now, I've had my troubles, you know. It wasn't until like the age of 29 that I started pissing the bed, you know. 
back in my drinking days, had a couple slip-ups, couple splash-ups. Um, one night in particular, I guess I had a couple too many drinks, and I guess I pissed myself, unbeknownst to me, because it dried up. I didn't really recognize until the next day I got up wearing the same clothes from the night before. I hoof it over to Wendy's to get a junior bacon cheeseburger. I've since repented as well. I'm like a pescatarian, vegetarian. About five years of sobriety, about five years of pescatarian, vegetarian living. But back in them days, like I said, I woke up with these like piss-dried pants. I hoof it over to Wendy's to get a junior bacon cheeseburger. Standing there in the lineup, there's this little boy. He's standing in front of me with his mother and he goes... stinks that guy stinks telling the whole lineup at wendy's that i stink well i guess they smelled it anyway so i'm telling you i've had my splishing and splashing splash ups with the bed pissing then i had another occurrence you know as recent as like maybe a year ago i woke up right in the middle of the night, <laughs> bed was soaked. I'm like, oh my God, did I piss the bed again? I thought these days were well behind me, right? New man and all that, you know? Uh, wide open frontier. Dawn of a new day. Here I am pissing the bed again, sober as a fucking judge. What's going on? Well, I had just purchased some new bedding at that point. You know, new bedspread, sheets, comforter, duvet, the whole kit and caboodle. Well, it turns out it was a very hot night. It was like midsummer, windows closed. I got this comforter on. I didn't quite piss the bed. I sweat, sweated the bed, right? So I get all the fucking linens off the bed, the blanket, the duvet, the comforter, the whole kit and caboodle, toss it in the hamper, take it to the laundromat, kiss my Saturday goodbye. You know, I'm doing laundry like a fucking peasant, like a fucking hen's maid or whatever, a hand's maid or whatever. Hand's maid, Dale? I'm fucking doing laundry like a fucking wench, medieval wench, you know? completely kissed my Saturday goodbye. So I've been through the ringer, no pun intended, when it comes to piss in the bed, linens, laundry, the whole kit and caboodle. I've had it up to here. Fuck it, I've had it up to here. You know? Well, the latest saga, as I mentioned, sometimes in summer it gets a little hot, and when you be rocking them duvets and comforters, get to sweating. Right? So I've been having a lot of these lousy, rotten nights, waking up in pools of sweat. I had enough of it. I go on Amazon. I'm looking for a breathable blanket. Something light. Something adaptable for them summer months. You know? I find this cotton blanket. Looked perfect. Breathable. Good price. But I'm reading the reviews and there's like this consensus Oh, there's just too much lint. 
too much lint, too much lint. Beautiful blanket, but too much lint. I'm like, these fucking sissies, these fucking handmaids, tail wenches, these laundromat morons, they don't know a damn thing about nothing. People are always complaining on the internet, right? It's probably no big fucking deal. Usually when you do laundry, lint occurs. Cotton is a fairly noble and um, well-known uh garment right time tested and true you know just ask the plantation right <clears throat> so anyway i'm just like let me go with this cotton blend breathable blanket i'm telling you boy it's been nothing but a fucking headache for the last two months. Every morning, waking up, lint, lint in my eye, lint in my hair, lint in my beard, lint on my back. You know, brings me back to the days when I was homeless living in a men's shelter, getting bitten by bed bugs. Bed bugs chomping on you, biting on you, sucking on you all damn night. You know, you wake up, you got the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> You be scratching and itching and scruffing and scraggling, right? You know, you feel like a dog's breakfast. You haven't slept. You haven't slept a fucking wink. You know, it's like you got fucking scabies, rabies, fucking shingles. You don't know what's up. You don't know what's down. You know. Well, very similar feeling with this lint. You wake up, it's in your beard, it's in your nostrils, it's in your hair, it's in your eyes, you're scratching, scruffing, scraggling, you know? Haven't slept a wink in the last two months due to this lint epidemic. It's driving me nuts! They weren't fucking joshing, boy. They weren't joking. You know, those Amazon, God bless them, God bless the person who takes the time to write an Amazon review. They warned me. I only have myself to blame, I guess. They fucking warned me. Don't buy this. There's lint, 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 lint. Nice blanket, but too much lint. Ah, these fucking sissies. These fucking laundromat fucking handmade tail wenches. They don't know a damn thing about nothing, you know? I'm above accepting advice from some Amazon peasant. Well, only have myself to blame, I guess. Haven't slept a wink. I mean, there's lint all over this chair, you know? The chair where I do JR the P, there's lint transfer. You know, I got all this lint on my ass from rolling around in the hay. I go and I sit in my JR the P podcasting chair. Well, there's lint all over the chair. Well, I've recently purchased a fleece which is like a polyester blend, like a soft fleece-like blanket. It's actually at the post office, ready for me to pick up. <clears throat> I just got to go down there when I get a free moment. After I, I don't know, snap out of this daze that I've been in, this canatonic fucking stage, this canatonic fucking state that I've been in lately from these fucking horrible nights of sleep. Once I snap out of it, I'll go down to the post office. I'll get this new blanket. Everything will be bumps a daisy. You know? But I'm telling you, boy. 
haven't been able to sleep a wink due to this fucking lint fiasco. So bear with me, folks. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Lint fiasco. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you are digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know what truly is. Yes. If you are a returning guest to GR the P, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, I am an actor extraordinaire. Also, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Performer to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Yeah, I be trotting them boards, boy. Stage, film, independent film, you know. It's quite the life that I've inflicted upon myself. And during these times of pandemic, uh, you know, things are bumping and grinding along. Things are getting back to work, you know. I've had some opportunities come my way. I've had to pass up on a couple because I am in works on a project of my own at the moment, you know. So that's a little foreshadowing. We shall see. I am entwined in a project at the moment. Feeling groovy. Um, You know, one thing that I'm working on, though, is... I don't know. Accepting. There's so much you have to accept in life. You have to accept that To a certain degree, you're not in control. To a certain degree, you can't change the world around you. You have to have an inner compass and rise to your challenges and accept the outcome. So there's been a lot of acceptance that I've been shown, shown that I have to deal with in my acting stand-up comedy career. And uh, today I kind of had that, like, you know, I think they talk about it in war, you know, when men come back from war and they got that fucking, what do they call it, like a hundred-foot gaze 100-foot stare that, you know, I've seen some shit in battle. You know, today, you know, it's like sometimes somebody might mosey up next to me. I mean, I'm not really too keen on running my mouth to strangers about what I do. I just play dumb. I'm a factory worker. 
I'm in construction, day laborer. What else do you do? I, uh, work at a warehouse. Like, I just, you know, I'm not really too keen to get into the mechanics of what I do. But, like, I got that 100-foot stare, that fucking G.I. Joe fucking death grip fucking glint in my eye whenever the, whenever the discussion of acting or comedy comes up. You know what I mean? That bitterness. So you're a comic. You're an actor. Hey, how's that? I had a friend once in high school who was an actor and a comic, you know, and I would imagine it's a pretty fun industry. You got to pretend to be different people and meet all sorts of interesting characters. What's it like to be a performer? Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice work if you can get it. You know what I'm saying? Just a disenchanted glare. (laughs) But you know, I'm accepting. I'm very accepting. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. As I alluded to, these changing times, uh, one of the things that is new... In Ontario, Canada, that's where I hail out of. Um, Gyms, fitness facilities, they've recently opened. They'd been, it's been almost a year and a half since last February. February of 2020 was when gyms were really open. In Toronto, Canada, fitness facilities were shut down. I remember I, ha- I had a membership at uh, Planet Fitness, Fitness at the time, Planet Fitness, and they shut down the membership. They opened periodically for like a week or two at various times during this uh, pandemic. But now, as of a couple days ago, they've been open. I recently went to the gym for the first time since this whole pandemic. I've been working out, you know, doing push-ups, sit-ups, jogging, dumbbells at home, but this is my first time back at the gym. Quite the experience. First, I mosey on down to the gym. Now, I get to the gym. There's a redirection sign. The normal entrance to the gym There's a sign saying, no, enter the gym from the mall entrance. No, there's a little sign pointing to a different entrance. So I go to the different entrance. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the entrance. I'm not seeing an obvious entrance into the gym. Where is it? There's a big sign in the doorway, like a sandwich board. So I'm walking around, I'm hoofing it through the mall, like, where's the fucking entrance? Finally, I double back. The entrance, sure as shit, was behind the sandwich board. They literally put a sandwich board saying, welcome, come on in, blocking the doorway. So that was my first encounter back at the gym. I'm like, what kind of a fucking idiot puts a sandwich board in a doorway? 
where people are entering and exiting. This has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Again, I had a shitty night's sleep from the fucking lint rolling around on fucking a cloud of lint all night long. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm a little perturbed. Go in. Pretty normal. It felt normal. It was one of the most normal experiences I had in like a year and a half. Now, the protocol at the gym is you must wear a mask at all times, except when exercising. When you're on an exercise machine, or if you're using exercise equipment, or if you're exercising, you can demask. Once you're done with your exercise, you must remask. Everybody was following it. Nobody was particularly uh, high strung about it. There was social distancing at play. It felt normal. I was on the treadmill. I took my mask off and I'm jogging, running on the treadmill. And I'm looking around. I'm like, this is like really the first time I had a mask off in a building since the pandemic began. And to a certain extent, I mean, there's so much gray area and so much hoop de doo I mean, first of all, masks. That is openly in the public eye, in the media. You know, as being stated... The efficacy, the efficacy of mask wearing, the efficacy of mask wearing, what does it really hold? Now, apparently the K95 or whatever the hell it is, uh, mask, the ones that are used in um, M- N95s, the N95s, the 3M N95s, those ones are apparently good for filtering. They're used in you know, hospitals and diddly-dum-diddly-doo. But like the cloth mask, the everyday cloth mask that people wear to the grocery store, to wherever, what what use are they? That's, that's openly in the media. CNN, MSNBC, CBC, um, you know, BBC, this information's out there. Do masks really protect? What's the point of them? And when you're in the workplace, you know, I've been working. I'm a working chef. I've been working this whole pandemic. Most employers, you know, you, you have to take your mask off in the lunchroom. So you, you're in the lunchroom. So you're in the lunchroom eating lunch with your mask off. Then you put your mask back on to go out into the workplace. There's so many situations like that at work where you're needed to take your mask off to eat, to, I don't know. How do you call kids in from recess? You know, you got to take your mask off and whistle at them or whatever. There's so many times in the workplace you have to take masks off anyways. That's my point, right? The point is, like, it felt weird even though it just felt weird to be normal. 
I guess, is my major point. Wow, a life without masks. This is weird. (laughs) Unfortunately, those are the times we live in. So it was a blessing to be back to normal at, at some capacity. You know, social distancing at play. You know, the mask was off during the workout. Once the workout finished, you put the mask back on. I obviously don't 100% agree with that. But, I mean, I guess it's baby steps. I guess that's the way it's... The way it is for now. And moving into a state of normalcy. Returning to normal. And there was, um, you know, a couple strange instances, you know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny with women in that they make a point a lot of times to bring up the differences in gender. Because when you go to the gym, most dudes who are in good shape and work out, yeah, they strut, they peacock about, and they do their thing, but they're not overly... I never really feel like a dude is, like, showing off or trying to get my attention or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's some guys that are in phenomenal shape. They, They bench press, they curl, they do whatever, and it's all very impressive, but it's not really, like, attention seeking. I could be, well, I'm, I'm actually probably wrong about this. Maybe it's that I just don't pay attention to it. But usually dudes, I mean, whatever, they just kind of do their thing and good for them. But women, they always seem to make a big show of it. You know, those girls, there's like these two women, they were like, they were doing like dumbbell curls in front of the mirror. They're making a big spectacle of it. <laughs> Putting their fucking gloves on. <laughs> And like fucking squawking up a fucking blue streak and, you know, sweating and huffing and puffing. And it was like, I'm like looking at them. And I was just like, I could do like double what you're doing without even breaking a sweat. Would you calm down there? <laughs> it was just kind of odd to me. Not odd, but just, uh, I wouldn't quite be myself without being annoyed at some point, would I? (laughs) You know, I can't have a beautiful day ahead of me without, you know, finding some grievance in it. So, but I mean, that's just, I don't know, my own bag, I guess. So suffice to say, back at the gym, post-pandemic, moving into post-pandemic, it was pretty good. Pretty good for the first uh, kick at the cat. Yeah. And that leads me into this last part of the podcast, last part of the program for today. Getting back to normal and um, business. Businesses getting back to normal. Small business owners getting back to normal. Myself. I've recently started a production company, Noi Productions. 
a production company where I can flex a little bit of my performer muscle, jump in the driver's seat, produce, you know, content of various nature, documentaries, um, podcasts, opening up discussion, dialogue, feature film, you know, really stretch it out. Noi Productions. Back at it. Moving into this normalcy of the post-pandemic world. And, you know, I had a situation this past, recently enough as just yesterday. This situation reared its ugly head just yesterday. One moment, folks. Quick sip of water, folks. Don't mind me, folks. Ah, Thank you, balls. Quick sip of water. Um, just yesterday, in the pursuit of what I do, in the vein of what I do as a performer, as a content creator, as a production company, uh, as an up-and-coming production company, Noi Productions, I had a situation where the powers that be I don't want to get too particular or too um, too deep into this I thought about it and sometimes in business which is transferable to life sometimes in these situations The benefit is to, you know, take the pain, take the injustice of a situation, and look for the smarter way forward. So I don't see right now that explaining in detail and in length what happened, I don't see how that would benefit me or anyone listening. It would only be like a venting, to vent about a situation. It would bring no closer sense of resolve. And I'm not looking to play that game. And the benefit in this situation is it awoken me something that I didn't even know was going on with me. What this week awoken me in business is that it's become too important for me to compete. Now, for me, the only competition is in the product. Do you do good work? You know what I mean? Like, that's the competition. Trying to do good work, going out there and, you know, going to the audition Getting on stage as a stand-up comic. Putting together a podcast. That's the competition. But there's other... There's another vein of competition. Which is... Marketing. And that's a different focus. Because when you're focusing on the competition of production... You're focusing on... The competition of good work. 
craftsmanship, due diligence, skill. You're focusing on the competition of craft. Also needed, also needed in a career is marketing. And when you're focusing on the competition of marketing, you're focusing on the competition of public opinion. Selling a product. What do the people want? Well, the people always want good production, good value. But they don't know all the time where to find that good production, good value. That's why you have to market it, sell it to them. And in that competition of market, doing all these jazz hands, in that competition of market, it's not really about, generally, it's not about the craft. It's about, well, what do the numbers say? Studies show that, you know, males 18 to 35 tend to gravitate more to this type of um, marketing approach versus the demographic 35 to 65. And, you know, females in the household who have a discretionary income of pie charts and fucking, fucking, all sorts of fucking hoop-de-doo and hoopla in order to sell a fucking... Whatever, which is essential in showbiz. But the problem with always focusing on marketing is it's fleeting. It's, um, it's, you know, mamby-pamby. Who fucking knows what people want? Who fucking knows? You know, like, popping into my mind right now is, like, Twilight. Remember when that show, that movie Twilight, was, like, a hit sensation? Who the fuck knew some fucking film about a bunch of teenager vampires would mean anything to anyone? It was a hit. Harry Potter. Some fucking dildo on a broomstick. Who the fuck would have thought that anyone would give a fuck about Harry Potter. Major hit. So that's the problem when you when you focus on the marketing and what do people want? It's who fucking knows what they want? All that matters is your craft. At least all that should matter is the craft. And there's craft in Harry Potter and there's craft in uh, Twilight. It has value for a reason. It speaks to someone. And I found myself getting away from that. You know, because, you know, trying to be competitive. I found myself focusing on things that I generally don't find interest in. And that's what it awoke in me. Oh, wow, I care too much about what people think. I mean, I'd have to be retarded to be a performer and not care what people think. But it should never be the focus.
you want to do your craft the best you can in hopes that the people want it. And you got to market it, market it to them so they can find it. But when you start getting into that, well, what's the latest this? What's the latest that? How can I get attention? Diddly dum, diddly do, and you're when and you're furthering yourself from the actual craft. You know? And like for me, I have to cut myself some slack. It is a pandemic. I can't really go after gigs the way I used to. You know, like the live performance has very much changed. There's a lot of protocol and dumbly do going on that is out of my hands. But that's what it awoken me. It's like, wow, I've been focusing too much on the glitz and glam, and I want to focus more on the craft. And that's a major thing to consider for any industry, whatever you do. You know? Yeah, you can't sell a $100,000 contract with a $100 presentation, right? You want to bid on a contract, you got to put a little bit of sugar, a little bit of glitter on the salesmanship of getting that contract right marketing advertising very important but i hope that connection i'm making clear yeah you have to market yourself but when you focus too much on appeasing people when you really don't know what the fuck people want other than a good product it can get away from you. And as a performer, you really want to stay true. Stick to your guns. And uh, enjoy your work. You know? So, I'm going to focus on that going forward. And that's what this week in business has awakened in me and has brought to my attention. And um, again, I could be more specific, but I don't see the value in it. Sometimes in business, you got to take your lumps, you know, get kicked in the teeth, get kicked in the buttocks, the balls, the box. You know, you get a real shit kicking. Got to pick yourself up, lick your wounds, and sometimes there's no value in Stating your grievances publicly. Sometimes there's no value in it. The thing to do is learn from it and see your next move. So that's what I'm doing. Noi Productions. We're up and running. Some interesting strides in that direction this week as well. So there were some wins as well this week. You know, and uh, just rocking with it. And as always, I extend that out there to my dear audience. Hallelujah.
It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent August 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. Good old shit kicking in business. It can awaken a sleeping giant, folks. Back to the gymnasium. Yeah. Getting back to normal. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. All right? Peace.